welcome to the TOT Talk Show. This talk show is aspired to nurture and mentor the next generations of MDRTs, bringing excellence among financial advisors around the world. We will share with you sales ideas and technical know-how in our work as financial advisors, inspire you to be a better version of you, and help you to think strategically to boost your sales towards MDRT, COT, and even TOT qualifications. The TOT Talk Show is co-hosted by two top-of-the-table members, namely Lim Renan of Malaysia and Rick Q of the USA. What about you, Lim? What is the third thing you would do if you go back in time? I would say focus, focus, and again, focus. Why do you need focus? Because without focus, you can't do anything right, right? So let me just give you my example. Uh, 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 what do you call this? Uh, my experience in, in, in my business. Uh, when I first started in, the, in full time in, in when I was 23, so I did two years. You know, why did I take three years to hit TOT, uh, COT, I'm sorry, MDRT into full time? It's because the first two years, I was not focused. I was offered a job to sell a medical equipment by my cousin. So when I did that with him, I lost six months' momentum selling medical equipments. Mm. And from there, he said, why don't you come in and join me as a GM? And I wrote a 50-page proposal to, to try to sell medical equipments for him, him as the boss. And luckily, he said no to the salary I asked. If not, I could have been working for him for life. Until now, I'm still driving a small car, right? So I think focus is very important. Now, the second experience of me not focusing is during 2015, 2016. That time, uh, uh, the insurance market had a uh, change in structure. So we were saying, oh, the business is so bad. You know, now commission, uh, then we, we grumble, right? We complain. And then suddenly, and at that time, the, the, the property market was in a boom in Malaysia. So what I did is that I gang up with another friend and we start selling properties. And I tell you, we have not made any, prop, any money from properties and we've lost money there. And it took away momentum again. It took away momentum for me to achieve COT or TOT. When I took that off for me and really focused back into my insurance sales, boom, 2017, I did my cut of the table. Again, focus. So recently, 2019, if some of you knew me, I have some online business and that took away nearly five years of my focus. So, I did my COT, but I was in this online business thing, uh, selling insurance. Still, but yet again, it didn't help. So I did not focus on the business. So at 2019, 18, 19, 20, I was doing that. Half of my time was doing this online business. The other half of the time, I was doing this. And in, after the pandemic, uh, everything is opened up. I, I made up my mind. I said, enough, enough. I need to focus back into my insurance business. And 2000. 20 September, I say, that's it, you know, I'm going to cut, that's it. And that three months of focus into my insurance business, boom, TOT. Can you see the impact of focus? The impact of focus is so important. So to all the insurance guys out there, if you're selling insurance, please make sure you only sell insurance. Don't sell Nirvana, la, don't sell properties, la. Don't try to sell uh, what do you call this uh, gloves la, You know, don't try to sell uh, plastic bags. Don't try. Don't 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 do this. This is it, right? Not Rick. This is it. And if you ask me of all this venture I've went through, 
none has made me money. <laughs> and I've lost how much money? I've lost what? Nearly 300,000 through all these ventures that I've been into. And it is just plain stupid. I could have done 10 years TOT by now if I could have focused, focused, and focused. Right? Back to you, Rick. Right? <clears throat> so, great. Uh, yeah, anything to add to this? Yeah. Rick? Exactly what you said. Focus, right? Uh, what are some things as an example that I do? So like uh, I own real estate property. None of my tenants that are renting my real estate property know who I am. You're like, Rick, why not? Because I don't go there collecting rent. I give 10% of my rental income to a property manager. Another example, uh, for example, we have a house, we have a, a big lawn. Uh, I can easily buy a, a lawnmower and start mowing my own lawn, but I do not do that. I hire a landscaping company to do that. Because the landscaping company might charge me $100 an hour when if we're making 1000 or 2000 an hour, therefore, you need to understand, focus on the highest revenue-driven work. So personally, uh, my family and I have invested in many other businesses, other uh, investment ventures in the past, but I do not allow to take much time from my life because I'm a silent partner. I invest capital, but I do understand that this career is the greatest opportunity if you allow it to be for your future. So yeah, great point on focus. Yes, great point of focus. Rick, there's one question for you. Uh, let, me sure. just, let me just adjust. I'm having problem adjusting all uh, my, my stuff here on the screen. Okay, let me just adjust. Uh, there is somebody who asked this question, which is pretty long. Uh, so are we good to take question now, Rick? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Uh, the internet's a little uh, laggy from your yeah. end. Yep. But it's okay. We're going to do our best. And right. uh, hopefully next month, there's no more rain. Okay. Okay. So what kind of basic guidelines and requirement you have in hiring staff? That is for you, Rick. Sure. So one thing I would share with people that when it comes to hiring teammates or staff is have the same expectation in them as if you would have in yourself. What I mean by that is if you're not working hard, don't expect your staff to work hard. You need to leave from the front, not from the back. I've seen people that work 50 hours a week. And then when they hired their first assistant, you know what they do? They start working 40, 30, 20 hours a week. And they believe their assistant's going to replace them. If your associate's going to replace you, guess what? You're not an entrepreneur. You're a entrepreneur and your associate should make more money than you. So you still need to work the same amount of hours. You need to have the same amount of standards in the quality and ethics, work ethics of your life. Now, number one, number two, your staff, your associates will not be a hundred percent like you. You need to understand that they won't. <laughs> I don't know how many people I've coached says, wait, yeah. I hired this person. They have to do the same things I do. Well, if they could do the same things you do, they could replace you, right? Mm -hmm. Realistically, if you can hire a staff member or an associate that can do 50% of what you were doing, that's a good associate. Very if good. they could do 70% of what you were doing, Give them a raise. Give them a raise. They're an all-star. They're an all-star, right? Because once they get to 100% of what you're doing, you should give them equity in your business. You should give them equity in your business. Otherwise, they're going to replace you or they're going to leave and start their own business. So you need to, uh, number one, still have the same work ethics and the same standards. Number two, you need to have realistic expectation on your team members. Because if you hire someone... I don't know, for $20 US dollar an hour and you expect them to do 100 US dollar an hour work, they're going to leave you, right? 
So it's just those two areas. So I'm, I'm going to add on to this. What is the basic guideline requirement for me? I have six staffs in my, in my work. Uh, a lot of people ask, why do you need so many staff? In Malaysia, the hiring culture is not there. I can tell you, Rick, it is not there. I'm the first MDRT in my floor. I cannot say the whole company. In my floor, that hire a personal assistant. You know, and because I believe in that. Uh, now I have six uh, uh, assistants helping me in various things like sales and marketing, recruitment, uh, in, in customer service, in general insurance. I have a driver, you know. These people actually help me. I have a power planner. Now, if I would ask, if, if you ask me what is the basic guidelines, hire somebody who has done the business before. Means hire somebody who has done PA work and secretary work for an agency before. So don't waste time and go and train another new person. If the person leave, if, if let's say you know somebody and she's leaving, don't pinch now, you know. Don't pinch the person. <laughs> if she's leaving an, a, another agency and she's because of some other problem, if you like her, if, you, if she's good at her work, hire her. Give her a 20% raise and, and hire her over. And uh, you, could have, you could train all up, but it's going to take time. But hiring uh, a, a, a person, a secretary from another agency or from another company is fine. Uh, she might leave for other reasons. So no problem. Just hire an experienced staff. It will help you a lot, right? So um, that is important. So the second question is, what books and audiobooks would you currently find inspiring? The MDRT Malaysia YouTube channel. Let me answer you this question. The MDRT Malaysia YouTube channel. Again, the MDRT Malaysia YouTube channel. All right? We have over 330 videos uh, available there. Rick is one of our speakers. You can find him here. You can find me there. You can find Ms. Mohan there. You can find uh, uh, what I call uh, Brian Hacker. You can find Tony Gordon. You can find Miriam Kwan. All these big names is there. So the MDRT Malaysia YouTube channel, if you're not subscribed to it, subscribe to it right now. And it's free, right? So why not <laughs> subscribe to it? So questions, questions. Uh, now, guys, you can call us at this number if you want to call us. We will pick up your call and you can ask us questions. Call and ask us how. We'll pick up your call and uh, we'll talk to you over uh, live on the internet and we'll try to answer your question, right? So let me just put on another few more questions uh, uh, from, the, from the viewers. If you have questions, please, please send them in, send them in. Don't be shy, don't be shy and don't be shy, right? Let us see. Let me see the questions that I have in here. Some is written in, some is written in Cambodian. I cannot read. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, Mikulan is asking, what would you recommend them fr uh, at the start? Uh, sorry, this is Sadiq Dirani. What would you recommend them at the start of their career? What kind of books would you recommend them? I tell you what, for Malaysian, uh, or for Asian, the first book I will recommend you to read is Josh Devon. I don't think you can find the book anymore, <coughs> but you can actually see whether you can find a copy on uh, what they call this Google, uh, some PDF uh, format or whatever. So the second book I will recommend you to buy uh, and read, it is Tony Gordon's book. Right? Tony Gordon's book. Uh, find it. You just type Tony Gordon ebook. <laughs> Hundreds of results will come out and you can actually read it there, right? So, uh, Rick, what would you recommend them to read first? <clears throat> I would recommend them 
uh, books in the U.S. I'm not sure it's available in Asia. But the easiest is if your viewers go to whether it's the Global Connect or MDRT meeting, if you, they hear a speaker that they love, go buy that person's book. Go buy that person's book. Because there's a lot of things, whether they speak for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, that they're not able to explain it all, their process, and just read their book. But there are many books uh, in our industry when it comes to understanding the ratios of our business. So in America, the Al Granum book is what I learned in training. And that's where I understood the 10-5-3-1 ratios. But once again, although 10-5-3-1 is a research that was created uh, and studied and found about 50 years ago, it's not, in my humble opinion, true today because back then there was no LinkedIn. Back then there was no cell phones. Back then there was no internet. So as long as you understand the ratios, the formulas of our career, and you work on whether you're not good at the five level, the three level, or the one level, you improve them, you can hopefully increase your odds or statistical uh, efficiency from 10, 8, 7, 6, like I talked about earlier. All right. So as usual, uh, as before, I like to remind you, you can call us now at this number, right? Call us now at this number. We will try to pick up your call and answer your question. 016 238 Don't be shy. We, are, we don't bite, all right? We won't shout at you. So to answer Natalie, Natalie, it is not Tony Borden. It's Tony Gordon. Tony Gordon, okay? Fine, Tony Gordon. Now, next question for Esther Hu. Rick, the key factors to maintain work-life balance of you. What is your key factor to maintain work-life balance? Great. Be very religious with your schedule and time. So if a client says, Rick, would you, when I was 21, 22 years old, I remember I had a lot of restaurant owners that said, hey, I finished my restaurant at 9 p.m. at night. Can you see me at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m.? I would say, yeah, sure. But then that was ruling my personal relationship with my girlfriend at that time. That was ruining my personal relationship with my parents if I had dinner with them that night. So I would say today, no. And it's very easy by saying, well, Lim, I appreciate the fact that you get off at nine o'clock at night and you want us to meet. But unfortunately, um, like you probably may understand, I have family responsibility and obligation. If I keep meeting you at nine o'clock at night, my wife will divorce me. My kids will leave me. My parents will disown me. And you wouldn't want to work with someone that has a personal life that is all ruined, would you? Yeah. But yeah. if it's okay, what I like to do is I, I'm happy to accommodate, but do you see your doctor at 9 p.m. at night, 10 p.m. at night? Oh, no, you don't. Why? You would take half a day off to go see them. Well, I will tell you, just as important as seeing your doctor, it's just as important to see your wealth management advisor. So I explained to them, so my hours generally are 7 a.m. to like 5 p.m. Let's just say 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. If they can't work and meet me within my hours, then they normally would accommodate by saying, okay, I'll take an hour lunch break. Let's meet then. Do Zoom, face-to-face, -face, or whatever the time. If they prefer a night meeting, I would say, well, I have three other team members that are client-facing. You can meet someone else on my team that, based on their work-life balance, they're willing to meet you at night or meet you on a weekend. But I personally will say no. I don't care if they're going to invest $1 million, $10 million, or even $1 billion on me. Why? Because if I'm divorced and I, my kids leave me and my parents disown me, I'm ruined. So therefore, I have a very, very religious schedule that I generally don't even sway from. And I'm okay to turn away clients, right? Because in, in, in New York City alone, there's 8.5 million New York City people. Let's just think about that. See, 
the, an average advisor can bring on 50 clients a year. Now, to be frank, at Midas Wealth, we bring on on average 300 lives every year, 300 lives. And let's say I'm, at, I'm 36 years old today. And if I work till I'm 66, the next 30 years, I'm only supposed to work with 9,000 people. So 8 million people and 9,000 people, that's about 1%. That's about 1%, actually less than 1% if you think about it, right? So it's okay to say no to people. If client says, I have to meet you at night, I have to meet you on weekend. I respect that, but unfortunately I can't work with you because I don't want to be divorced and have my kids leave me. So respectfully, maybe we should uh, either try to accommodate each other and find a mutual schedule that may work. Or if not, I could refer you to another advisor that can work with you. And that actually people respect you more because you think the most successful entrepreneurs, business owners, people in the country, in the world, or actually meeting people at 10 o'clock at night, midnight, weekends? No, no. There's no successful person I know that's willing to accommodate someone else if they're very successful. And the more you understand work-life balance, the more successful you will be. As soon as I started getting religious with my schedule and I promise I did not change it, guess what? More clients want to meet me in my schedule. More business came. And, and quite frankly, my wife and I and our family work-life balance relationship got, became even better. And I'm happier. I'm happier. And I'm not burnt out. I'm not tired and things like that. Yeah. One of the things I learned from, uh, I totally agree with you, Rick. You know, I have clients who actually uh, try to make an appointment with me. And I can hear the wife say, hey, ask him to come on Sunday. La. Ask him to come on Sunday. La. No, Sunday. La. Ask him. La. Ask him. Come. You know what the client says to him? Hey, he don't work on Sunday one, so forget it. Hey, can you come on Monday, bro? You see, my clients tell his wife he doesn't work on Sunday, right? Let's see him on Monday. That, that's the thing. That means they respect you. That means they respect yes. you. They start understanding you're not a visitor, right? The, the more yeah. they respect you, the more they will be willing to accommodate your schedule. You don't have to accommodate theirs. Right, right. So for me, to balance out work-life balance, you must be intentional, in your time management. So like for me, uh, I have something called the kids day out. Kids day out means every week I'll spend four hours of my time with one kid. There's only two rules to the, to the thing, uh, to, the, to the date out, is that my kid, my child, that child, I have four kids, huh? that particular child gets to choose what to eat and get to choose what to do. Me, I have nothing to say. I just bring him. So you say, Pa, I want to do ice skating and you're coming with me and that's it. I'm going to bruise my knee doing it with him. With her. So I've done ice skating, I've done ribbon dancing, I have done extreme sport with my eldest son, I've done bowling, everything. But that four hours belongs to them. My time is that. So work life balance means being totally intentional. I have a date night with my wife every Saturday from 7 to 10 o'clock. We will go out listening to jazz music, live music, and all that. Be totally intentional. It is in my diary. You know, my, my, my family time is in my diary. Even my mother's tea time every week, mm. I bring her out, mm. you know, uh, having coffee, unless she doesn't want to, like, you know, but normally she will want to. I'll bring her out for coffee, I'll talk to her one-to-one, -one. that's it. I spend intentional time with them. So if you want work-life balance, manage your diary like a Bible. It is non-compromisable, that's it. Manage it. Yep. You ask my secretary, my secretary doesn't tell me, you know, boss, there's somebody 11 o'clock on Zoom with you. It doesn't happen, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, Block out your work life, yes. like your personal life. Yeah. Schedule it. Schedule it and just say, I'm sorry, that time slot is from is not available. I have I know a lot of people that are MDRT, COT, TOT. 
they don't have work-life balance and frankly they're lost i can tell every time i talk to them they're like yeah i hit tot again and i say why do you look so sad because they realize they're even more lost they're chasing something that is sacrificing other things that are more important if you hit tot and you don't find work-life balance you need to learn work-life balance true so the next question rick how to overcome when lack of focus you want to take that sure i don't remember the first monthly we started by saying we're going to be honest transparent and raw i'm not going to be nice i'm going to be honest how to overcome lack of focus stop being so selfish that's it stop being so selfish what i mean by that is not saying people are selfish it's just mentally they choose to take things that are easier than harder now i'll give you a great example if Tomorrow morning, I was supposed to wake up at 6 a.m. and run three miles, right? Tomorrow morning happens. It's cold outside. My bed is warm. I have to go outside, run three miles. I might be selfish and go, no, I'm just going to sleep in because my bed is warm and outside is cold and I don't want to run three miles at 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. But imagine tomorrow morning, I have limb waiting for me at the racetrack at 6 a.m. to run three miles, even though tomorrow morning is still cold outside and my bed is still warm but i'm not selfish i don't want lim to be there at 6 a.m by himself and get mad at me so i'll be there so if you lack focus is because you let your mind overcome what's more important right so don't mind don't let your mind control you you need to control your mind so how do i stay focused because every single thing i do have a purpose a mission right? I wake up every single day with a, a true purpose. I know my why. My company's name, Midas Wealth, is named after my son, Midas. If you were to ask me, would I ever lose focus? No, it's my son's name on the wall. If I waste time, if I'm not efficient with what I'm supposed to do, I'm disappointing myself, my family, my kids, my legacy, and my potential. So if you can't focus, you need to understand create areas or an environment that will make you focus better. But most people that can't focus or follow through with their promise and commitment is simply because they're selfish. I used to coach a student of mine and I say I used to because I fired that student. They were, I want to hit MDRT, COT, TOT. And I taught them everything. But every time I told them something, they said, I'll do it. And then one month later, they don't do it. I said, why didn't you do it? And then they say, blah, blah, blah. Now there's a difference between an excuse and a reason. A reason makes sense. An excuse is anyone can use it. So I explained to them, I said, you're just selfish. You're just selfish. Because if I made a promise, I need to commit to it. I need to follow through with it. But if I don't follow through with it, it's not a promise. It's a hope. It's a hope. And I don't True. hope anything. I set goals and I execute. True. You know, if uh, I, I'm the guy who lacks focus <laughs> throughout my life. But I think the number one thing that makes me what uh, what brings me back right is self awareness. You must aware. You must always be aware of your situation, and not be dragged into it. And and now nowadays there's so many fake gurus, fake business, fake things going around telling you you can make so much money here, you can make so much money there. Put your time here, put in time here. I don't know how many times I've been invited to direct sales uh, meetings. I keep telling these guys, hey, can you stop? I, I do not want to go to these meetings because it's going to 
it's going to waste my time. It's going to waste your time. If I ha- if I need the product, I'll buy from you. I bring if if I meet anybody who wants to do the business, I'll repre- uh, recommend it to you. But yet again, stop going to all these meetings. Stop be friendly to people. You know, uh, oh okay lah. You know, my client asked me to go. I give face. You know, in in Asia, you know, pay me lah, pay me, pay me. You know, is it right? Yeah. yeah, pay me. Let's go and do this. Uh, you can decline politely and save to trouble. Focus, focus, and focus, and be aware of what you're doing. Right. So, uh, as asked, every time yeah. you say yes to everyone, I think most yes. people are considered people pleaser. They want everyone in the world to like them. But if you say yes to everyone, you're saying no to others. So right. you need to learn the word no. Yep. When I was young, 21 to 25, I used to say yes, 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 even if I don't want to. Because I want everyone to like me, people pleaser. But that's because I wasn't mature enough to understand the importance of time. So I say a lot of no's and I only say a very few amount of yes. And when I say yes, it just means that person is special or it's worth my time. So you're absolutely right, Lim. Focus and learn to say no.